Where do I spend my money on IT? How do I keep my data safe? That and more on today's episode of Cashflow. Hi, I'm Jason Waters, CEO of JW Financial Group, and welcome to Cashflow, where we talk about the number one goal of your business, which is to create cash flow. With us today is Alan Adcock of ASC Group. Welcome. Thank you. Alan also has his own show called Cyber Sentinel, and how can they? How can our viewers find that? So we're available online, uh, hashtag Cyber Sentinel. Uh, you can also find us on our website, uh, www.ascgrp.com. Great. So tell us a little bit about your business. So ASC Group has, uh, is an Atlanta-based IT consulting firm and cybersecurity firm. Uh, we've been in business for 20 years, and um, we help small to medium-sized businesses, uh, whether they have an IT department or not, um, to uh, take care of their infrastructure. That's something that I think is neglected in a lot of businesses that I see, and so we appreciate what you do. I'm a new business owner, and I have a limited budget for IT. Where should I spend the first dollar? Great question. What do you think, Alan? Wow. So, so if you're if you're in a startup phase, obviously every penny counts. Um, you're getting cranked up. So, um, oftentimes what we see is people operating off of some laptops, um, you know, cell phones and laptops, and and some Wi-Fi, and that's about all they've got to get yeah. started. Which is fine uh, up to a certain point. Uh, really, what you've got to decide early on is what are those core applications going to be that you're going to run your business off of. Uh, and those are different, we call them line of business applications, and they're, business for, they're different for every industry. So um, really that's your key, is figuring out what those core business functions are and how your automation is gonna work in those, um, in those applications. Okay, what are some examples of this? So obviously like a medical practice, it's gonna be what EMR system, electronic medical okay. records are you gonna use? Um, what are you gonna use for your sales and marketing department? What CRM uh, are you gonna use to manage those processes? That's a very good point. And every business and every industry has specific applications. If you're in the mortgage business, you have what's called a loan operating system. Almost every business needs some kind of CRM. I mean, if you're a restaurant, you wanna reach out to your patrons or your B2B sales, there's some type of CRM out there and a way to stay in touch. Absolutely, that's really important in today's world. You know, shortly after you get those applications and your core up and running, um, then you need to look at infrastructure, um, which is obviously what we do. You've got to get your cybersecurity system in place. How are you going to defend yourself? Uh, most startups are operating off of the, you know, go to Comcast cable modem, you run mm -hmm. off the Wi-Fi. There's really no security in any of that stuff. So then you need to start looking stage two of, uh, you know, if you will, firewalls, infrastructure security, endpoint security, all of that starts coming into play to make sure that you can protect those applications of that data that you've been getting collecting as a startup. So you're saying businesses need more than the free software that came with their laptop? Uh, yeah, Okay. absolutely. That's what I thought. Absolutely. At what point do you need your own IT team? That's kind of like asking, when do you need your own CFO? You got me, never. Uh, no, seriously, there's a some point in every business where you will need a CFO internally when you're large enough. And I think the same thing probably applies for IT but I'll let Alan answer that. 
Yeah, so it depends. Obviously, it's different for every industry and every business. Um, uh, about 50% of our client base, uh, we form their entire IT department, and they, you know, we report to their uh, chief executive officer. Uh, about the other 50% of our business, uh, we report to an IT director that's an internal employee. And and so where does that transition hit? Um, it really is. It really varies based on the organization. Some organizations, the internal IT director is is firmly focused on running those line of business applications and then outsources things like infrastructure and security to a company like ours. Um, other industries, um, we take care of cybersecurity and data center operations and they have internal tech support guys that handle um, you know, desktop support, laptop support, uh, help desk questions. So it really depends, you know, it's kind of two sides of that same coin. Um, at some point, you know, 100 employees, 150 employees, you're probably going to need somebody that's full-time on your staff coordinating all of those IT efforts with your set of vendors that you're using. Yeah. You know, I think the world has become so complex that, I mean, that's why we're in these businesses now with a fractional CFO or a fractional IT department or whatever that may be is because you need to have experts in everything that you do, and so. Yeah, so we've been doing this for a long time. You know, back in the day, it wasn't uncommon for a 30 to 50, 50 employee company to have one of those people be a full-time IT guy, and he kind of uh, managed that infrastructure. And, and back then, it was okay. It wasn't as complex, um, and one person could get up to speed and manage that fairly effectively, uh, and then calling periodically for help uh, through other vendors. Today, one person just can't know everything they need to know um, in the IT environment. So uh, it's very common for uh, companies to bring in a team like us um, to help manage all that complexity. Okay. That's great information. Thank you. Should I buy work devices for my employees and or contractors? I've honestly seen it both ways and I've done it both ways. I buy equipment for my employees, and I'm talking about laptops specifically here, because I want them to have solid uh, equipment that's working well. Because in my opinion, if I'm paying someone by the hour, or I'm paying somebody to do a job, it's either going to take them longer or they're going to get frustrated and, and not happy that they're not provided with good equipment to work with. So I always want to provide top of the line equipment to the folks that work with me. And that's kind of my take on it. But I like Alan to answer this question. Yeah, so um, when we say devices, that, that brings, in today's world, it's a whole lot of uh, ground to cover. Um, so typically, um, we see in corporations own the PC or laptop that their employees use. Um, and then the devices falls into those tablets and cell phones mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, we manage cell phone programs. We manage um, uh, tablet programs for some of our clients. So um, typically the reasons though that you do that are around security. If you are going to uh, allow your employees to have uh, corporate data on that device, so if you're gonna have your corporate email on a cell phone, um, then really you need to make sure that your employees know that if you come to IT um, and report that your device has been missing, uh, that IT is gonna go and wipe that device clean. Right, you're gonna have a we're gonna have a managed uh, system called a mobile device management uh, agent loaded on those devices, and if you report it stolen, our job is to protect corporate data. So we're gonna wipe that device, um, and when you find it three days later uh, in your underneath your seat in your car, your Nothing's your there. employee <laughs> might not be really happy that uh, all their life, which is on their cell phone, is now gone. Right. So um, it really depends on on what access and what um, what 
data you're gonna allow that employee to have on that device. That's a conversation you need to have with your staff and make sure that they understand the ramifications of having that. It's a convenience to the employee and it's a convenience to you if they have their email on, on their home device, but there's risk involved with that as well. And they've gotta to agree to allow those remote wipes and, and report mm-hmm. that the device is missing, that kind of thing. Um, other um, organizations, it depends upon their compliancy rules. Obviously, if it's a healthcare uh, organization, uh, HIPAA rules are really um, tightened up nowadays, and so you do not want to have any kind of patient data on a personally owned device. Those should all be um, organization-owned devices. Let me ask you a question. What, what about a contractor versus an employee? Is there a difference there from a device standpoint? To us, the only di- the, the, we don't care if this a person is a contractor or if they're an employee. We care if they have um, what kind of sensitive data is on the device. If you have defense contracts, you're a, a manufacturer or something like that, um, you're going to fall under a whole set of compliancy rules um, that are going to dictate uh, how that's going to roll um, based on that information that's on those devices. Um, same thing if you're a government agency, if you're going to fall under um, NIST provisions, which is a whole other set of compliancy rules, um, and they uh, have information in there about how you handle that data on a, on a device. Well, there's your answer. It comes back to security and how are you protecting the data, how are you protecting your client's data. Well, that's all we have for today's episode. Thank you, Alan, for joining us. Thanks for having me. If you have any questions, you can reach me online at Jason Waters, hashtag cashflow. Until next time.